0: Our support team has grown to be, I think, one of the best support teams around. We have four franchise consultants supporting all of our franchisees generally. And then we have some very specific support areas that we help with. Because we have a lot of people who are in like heavy growth mode right now. We've opened up 60 or 70 franchises over the past two years. So those people are in high growth mode. They're bringing on new team members all the time. So we're standing there helping them in any way that we can.
1: Hello, everyone, and thanks again for tuning in to the latest edition of Fran Coach's Franchising 101 podcast. I am Tim Parmeter, founder and CEO of FranCoach and your podcast host. Uh, today, we're going to welcome one of our franchise partners here to talk about their brand, Today's featured franchise is part of the home service category that we commonly refer to as enhance. As with most non retail franchises, this has a lower overhead in investment, easier to ramp up and scale, and provides a service that we tend to take for granted, even though it usually surrounds us. Could that be a hint? Maybe. But before we get to this amazing franchise opportunity, quick reminder of who we are. Frank Coach is a national search firm dedicated to working with individuals like yourself interested in owning a franchise. We are partnered with well over 600 of the top franchisors in the country, spanning nearly 70 industries. Our number one goal is to help properly educate people on franchise ownership to help them determine if this is the right path for them. And if so, then we're going to focus on helping you find the absolute best fit for you. All right. So that's a little bit about us. Now let's get to the good stuff uh, today. Uh, joining us, uh, this franchise is so amazing. We can't have one person. We need two to be on here today. So uh, joining us today is Zach Payton, and Zach is the brand president. Um, And then Pete Trexler, and he's the director of franchise development for our featured franchise, Superior Fence and Rail. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. Yep. Yeah, thanks for having us.
2: Thank you, Tim.
1: So... um. Wanna always before we jump into all of the amazing things about superior um franchising is a people business. I like to kind of get to know the people a little bit. So um how in the world uh Zach, I'll throw this at you. Like how did you get into franchising? Um give us a little of the the Zach story.
0: Yeah, so I, I started with Superior Fence and Rail in 2009, right? Um the 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 concept started um in the early 2000s and was uh originally founded by a guy by the name of chris johnson and chris chris moved to orlando from atlanta and uh bought a small fence company rebranding it and and it was it was going to be kind of his placeholder business that he he bought and, and operated until he figured out what he really wanted to do with his life and he he found out that he really liked the fence business he he did really well with it and in the 2000s he added five more locations, uh, mainly around central Florida. Um, with the exception of the one up here in Jacksonville where, where I currently live in, in, North Florida. So he, he needed an operating partner up here. So I, I, I came on and I was the operating partner for Superior Fence and Rail of North Florida. We operated under a licensing agreement at that time. And so 2009, uh, was not a great year to get into business. Uh, certainly not a, a great year to get into the construction business, but I did it anyways. And, um, just by kind of, I think, sheer force of will and a little bit of luck, um, we made it through the, that year. And then, you know, sort of the subsequent kind of anemic recovery years from 2009 to 2012. And, 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 you know, after we opened it in Jacksonville, there was no further expansion um, until we started franchising. So fast forward to 2016, my business, um, out of all of the Superior locations, had grown um, to be the largest, um, and and was operating really well. And and Chris, you know, came to me one day and said, "Hey, look, I've always wanted to um, continue to expand the brand. I'd like to do so through franchising." And and he thought that what I had in Jacksonville was sort of the operational, um, playbook that we needed to, to go by. So, so that was really it. He asked me if I wanted to partner up with him. Um, and I, 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 I I did a little bit of research and figured out that no one had ever successfully franchised the fence business in, in the United States (laughs) up to that point. So it seemed like a bit of a risk, but, um, my justification for, for saying yes was a, we were going to shoestring it. Right. So we didn't have a big budget. We were going to fund everything, uh, you know, operationally out of, out of our two businesses, um, the business that he was running in Orlando and mine in Jacksonville. And then um, I thought, well, heck it, if, if, if nothing else, it'll improve my own business. Cause I'll, I'll, you know, come up with a better operation operating manual. That'll be useful for my own business. I wanted to do a, a, a software project to do a custom app that's um, you know, there was, I didn't see any harm in that, you know? So um, and we, so in 2017, we, we decided to start franchising. And then we sold our first few franchises in 2018, um, a few more in 2019, added a bunch more in 2020 and 2021. And then we were acquired by Empower Brands at the at the end of 2021. Um, and here I am, two years later. We've again doubled in size, and I think we've doubled in size and almost tripled in uh, system wide sales since we came on with Empower Brands at the end of 2021. So, um, so it's been a good journey so far, you know. Awesome.
1: Very nice. Um, and and like most everybody. Um, with getting into franchising without the intent of getting into franchising and then you're 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 stuck you're here so um so love love it Pete give me give me the give us the uh,
2: the pete scoop sure thanks Tim um uh much like a lot of the people I work with today uh, I was looking for an exit from the from the corporate operations world and um, in 2020 uh decided to do, Felt like 2020 was a good year to do the opposite of of uh, of, of what the world was doing. And uh, I bought a franchise in, in 2020 in the home service space and um, really enjoyed uh, small business ownership and entrepreneurial spirit and uh, got it to semi-absentee uh, last year and then uh, put it up and waited for someone to come knocking and someone did last last year and during that journey i met a lot of i had a lot of peers within inside of in power um scott zide um actually uh, helped me you know about 6 months in I, I i was running so fast i didn't know how well i was doing or if we were going in the right direction scott was i would met him through a mutual friend had no idea of his breadth of the full breadth of his his knowledge and um uh, and, and experience he came and helped me very early on, midway, and then and then later on towards the exit. And once the exit was finished it found pretty natural to knock on Empower's door and see, see what was there. And 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 so here I am with uh representing a fantastic brand. Awesome. Um
1: very, very, very cool. I um wanna talk a lot about obviously superior fence and rail, your owners all the different support mechanisms. Um, we've had a we've had Scott uh, Zaid on uh, a few months ago just about Empower in general and about how amazing they are. But start with the really basics um, with this. So Zach, tell us, like I'm not the smartest dude in the world, but the word fence is in the name of the franchising. So I'm guessing there's something fence related. So talk a little bit about kind of what the business does and who are those customers.
0: Yeah, our, our primary customers that we're targeting coming right out of the gate uh, with a new franchise are going to be homeowners, right? Uh, people who are looking uh, the, to, to have somebody do it for me, right? The do it for me crowd. Um, so they're, they're out there looking for a professional fence company to help them either replace a fence that's fallen over at their house or put up a new fence. Um, we do a lot of privacy fences, a lot of wooden and vinyl privacy fences, a lot of ornamental sort of like the wrought iron look. Um, aluminum and steel fences, um, and even some, some good old fashioned chain link every now and again, you know, so it's, that's, that's our, our, the, the primary group that we're targeting right out of the gate. And d- depending on the, uh, the skill level and background of the owner, right. The franchisee that that's, that's, um, you know, operating the business, they can, they can expand outward from there into commercial applications, um, that's where sort of like the and rail comes in. We don't do a lot of uh, residential railing, but we do a ton of commercial railing, especially at the locations where uh, commercial operations have taken off. So, and, and, you know, business, uh, fences for businesses can be anything from, you know, a a commercial property owner who needs a new fence at their property, much in this, they'll look much in the same way that a homeowner will look. And then, um, you know, we do nego- negotiated um, bid work with, with general contractors and larger scale stuff. We've done federal work, state work. So it's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, it's a, it's an interesting aspect of the fence business, just how many facets there are to sort of expand into. Um, I like to tell my owners like, Hey, don't, don't buy other businesses. When you get bored with residential fencing, just open up a new division of your fence company. I mean, we've built up the corporate locations. I, I I forget what the FDD says, um, right now, but between Jacksonville and, and Oviedo, we're running about 22, $23 million a year in annual revenue, um, which is just phenomenal. And, and, and I think that's one of like the things that I really love about our franchise in particular is, you know, I mean anybody can kind of sit like pay lip service to the opportunity, right? right? Like, oh, this is a great opportunity. Trust me, it's a great opportunity. But I can I can show people, I could take them here. We have three locations in Jacksonville. Um, one facility that's just for powder coating some of the custom metal work that we do, which is another facet of of the of the industry. So it's 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 really interesting. Um to To talk about the opportunity with people, and then say, "Oh, hey, by the way, come on over here and and take a look at it, you know, and yeah. see see what we've done." Um, And people see that the numbers in the FDD, and they're they're really eye popping, especially for for some of the, the the locations that we've had open for you know three, four, and five years now since we got yeah. started.
1: So. It's it's one of those things that's, and I think probably in home services happens a lot, but it's it's hidden right in front of your face, right? Of mm-hmm. like like fence. And then you start driving around. Right. And, um, and you, and you see it and you see, it. and it's just, it's, it's everywhere. And it's, it's been one of those things that stuck literally my first job, real job, well, quote, real job out of college was literally for a, a fence company. Um, cause I was gonna, I was all set to go into coaching and it fell through and I had a friend of mine from high school and he's still in the fence industry decades later um and I, like i didn't know the first damn thing about it right and then you're like fence where's fence and you're and it was everywhere and it was like even in some of the commercial things like one of the last things i did before i left and i totally screwed it up was like a walmart you're like how's their fence at walmart and then now you start like and, and this was 30 years ago but all the different things that were in there or it's a rail or whatever was just it's amazing It's like how, how, like, again, I just, it's one of those things we don't necessarily think about. And I'm sure just like you mentioned, Zach, when people come to see it and they're like, oh, right. Like kind of, kind of an eye opening thing with this. Um, And then I'm sure for you guys, like no different than most home services, you don't need an owner you don't, you don't need my buddy with 30 years experience in the fence industry. You need, cause they're not like, you're not out there like installing the fence, right? Um, talk about some of the things that you really look for in an owner and kind of what that day in a life looks like for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I love owners who have experience um, in small business um, or in, you know, leadership in blue collar industries or both. You know, I mean, some of our best operators um have come from backgrounds like that um like our you know one of our most successful franchisees that's opened up lately um opened up in eastern north carolina and uh you know greenville north carolina right and uh like just to to look at the revenue numbers that he put up in year one and 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 you know and i got to take a look at his bottom line cuz you know I, get, I i get to see their financials it's just amazing and he his background was from you know a very similar um industry managing blue collar so like the the idea of like managing you know blue collar guys coming in in the morning and you know vehicles and a fleet and all that stuff like that was kind of second nature to him so he could really focus on the business of selling and and marketing and and all the other things that um He's done to have such a successful first year. Um, same thing with you know our, our guys in Charlotte the, the guy came from a NASCAR, a NASCAR uh, fabrication shop. Our guys in Cleveland. one of those guys was running a, uh, a fabric a metal fabrication shop. Um, the guy in in San Diego has one of the more interesting small business backgrounds. He, he owned a movie theater. And that was all he was talking about the very first time i met him was like how he owned this movie theater and he had this real eclectic personality and i stopped him i was like bob like what what are your what's your other business experience he's like oh yeah well i ran a cnc uh shop you know like a fabrication shop and i was like oh okay so you're gonna love this business you know because one of our you know key items that uh almost every single location has is a cnc uh router for fabricating vinyl fence so you know we're we're looking i mean I, I i wish i could say that out of like sort of like the 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 typical um franchisee profile for for i think a lot of franchises i i, I think we have a lot of that we've got corporate refugees we've got um we've got some some uh foreign investors we've got uh, former military we've got you know just a a a really interesting mix of folks, but I, I think the, the the common theme that I've seen is is folks who have that tie to a blue collar management background, and also people who have owned small businesses. They they tend to be doing do really well. Gotcha.
1: What's um? Because you're not really looking for owners to be out there installing the fence all day long. They're managing the team that's doing that and really kind of running the marketing side of things, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, so our owners are are pretty hands-on, you know, for probably the first like three to six months. Cause look, they're they're establishing the business. They start out with, you know, somebody working in the office, an installation crew, a sales rep, and maybe somebody to work in the in the shop to to receive orders. And so, you know, it's a fairly small team at first. And when one of those people you know, decides that they're not going to come to work today or has something come up. It's like, all right, well, I guess, you know, Joe didn't show up. So I'm going to go out and, you know, help the crew get this job finished or, you know, Mike didn't show up to work. So I've got to go take his sales appointments for the day. It's it's your typical sort of like small business owner uh, environment at first. But what, what, my goal is for every location every single location is is for that the the business to grow to a size where the owner can define define their participation and decide how they want to participate in the business or just spend all of their time primarily working on the business right so i think it's um it's unique in that regard and we can get people there pretty quick you know again i don't know what the 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 current fdd says but you know, last year said that after after year one, they're at 1.8 million, after two, two point eight million, after three, three point eight million. So that's a business where you can say, okay, you know, this is this is what I want to do today. You don't have to work in that business. You can you can spend all of your time being the business owner and working on that business. So it's it's more of an, an executive model. But you know, at first you've got to establish the business and get in there and get your hands dirty. I mean, I I spent probably too long doing that when I got started, but I've seen owners, I mean, and it all depends on the mix of people that they recruit in. Uh, Some people get lucky and they get great crews right away. Uh, They get great sales teams right away. They've really got to fill in the gaps until they establish a great team and really every aspect of the business, you know? Hey
1: everyone, I want to take a moment to spotlight an exciting offer from our partners at Reshift Media. Reshift Media's brand amplifier is an award-winning digital marketing platform designed to fit the specific needs of franchise organizations. The dashboard allows national and local teams to quickly and easily manage social content and digital advertising across dozens, hundreds, even thousands of locations. The brand amplifier will use automation and machine learning to help franchise systems save time and dramatically improve their digital marketing performance. When a campaign is activated, the brand amplifier automatically geotargets advertising to potential customers around each store and will insert local information such as city, neighborhood, or pricing, which will increase both relevance and performance. Launching a campaign takes less than five minutes. It's just that easy. And franchise companies that use the brand amplifier routinely see a 500% or more increase in digital performance. That's amazing, folks, over 500% increase. And best of all, the brand amplifier team is currently offering a 50% off for a limited time. So be sure to visit brandamplifier.io to lock in that deal today and tell them Fran Coach sent you. Hey everyone, I wanted to take a quick break from our podcast to tell you about our amazing friends at Entrepreneur. If you're looking to become a franchisee or simply learn more about business ownership, and guys, let's be honest, you're listening to the Franchising 101 podcast, so we know you have some interest in this. And I really encourage you to go to entrepreneur.com to check out all of their great content and resources. Seriously, Entrepreneur has everything, all the way from a bookstore to the best podcasts, webinars, and videos, plus information on upcoming events and the latest articles that seriously, they cover all aspects of franchising and business ownership. If you're having trouble deciding which franchise is right for you, start with Entrepreneur's renowned Franchise 500 ranking, which highlights the best franchises of 2022. For 45 years and counting now, Entrepreneur has been and continues to be the most widely recognized and respected authority in the franchise market. Digital and print subscriptions are available so you never miss out on anything. So seriously, what are you waiting for? Go to entrepreneur.com right now and learn more. Are you guys open to somebody starting off semi-absentee or do you need somebody to be full-time?
0: we've had we've had um gosh probably we probably have 15 to 20% of our owners are somewhere along the spectrum of absentee um there's a little bit more risk there right because um you know uh, you have to hire a really good general manager who treats the business like it's their own right and I've seen some people just knock that out of the park with the folks that they hired. And it's amazing. And I, like I interact with their general managers as if they're partners in the business and I, and they treat it as if they're partners in the business. And they really like have a high level of ownership, um, about the business and the results. Uh, and then I've, I've, you know, seen those like GM's turnover in businesses as well. And I've seen how expensive it can be because they make a bunch of mistakes up to the point and then they, and then they have to exit the, the business. So I've seen it both ways. Um, but yeah, we're certainly open to people, you know, coming in uh, either fully absent, semi absent, or, you know, somewhere along the way. Gotcha. So what are we looking for from a kind of a staff, staff
1: and stuff? Right, so you mentioned obviously we got the installers. You mentioned you know maybe even a little bit of a facility. Um, talk to us what that what that's going to look like. Somebody's doing the sales. Somebody's doing the installations. There's some stuff. What, what what do we have kind of at the beginning to get this thing going?
0: Yeah, so I mean the the basic team is kind of as I described it. Right, you you have an, an administrative person who's dealing with customers, you know, and then and then dealing with jobs as those start to to you know come into the pipeline. Right. And you can have, you know, just one person for, for I'd say at least the first year, year and a half doing the admin position. Right. And then you start to build that team as you, as the business scales, uh, the, the, the installation crew is, is typically two to four people right out there, digging holes and mixing concrete and building fence. Right. Um, the, the salesperson, those, those, have been i think in my experience along with the admin person like some of the easier folks to find Um they just if we just need somebody with a good background and we can teach them how to sell fence right and the and the franchise owners are usually highly participative in the sales process for the first couple of months anyways because there's not much else going on right like you sell for probably six weeks uh, before you even install a job, because you sell your first job, you have to source the product, get all the permits and applications put through. I mean, sometimes when we sell a fence, it's not ready to be installed for 60 days, and that's no like in no part due to our supply chains or anything else. It's just the permits and the homeowners association approvals and all that. And then um, the the business gets big enough, typically right away, to to require somebody to be in the the shop or the the warehouse. You know receiving orders and picking orders and making sure everything's ready to go for the crew for the next day so so that's pretty much the people and then the owner kind of plugs in wherever they wherever they feel like they're needed um or wherever they want to work you know Um, and then as far as stuff um, the inventory requirements can vary by location and those can, you know, most of the time be funded by the the deposits that we take from customers. Right. So if we go out and sell, let's say a hundred thousand dollars in the first six weeks of selling, um, we're going to get, you know, up to $50,000 in deposits and we can typically use that money to fund the, the initial, most of the initial inventory buy although we're buying in bulk to get the best prices so you know so there's some you know maybe two two tractor trailer loads of of product um that are purchased right away um we have a most of our locations have a cnc uh vinyl router to fabricate vinyl fence uh which is about let's say a thirty thousand dollar piece of equipment and then um you know they'll have a truck, a trailer for the install team, uh, maybe another truck for the for the you know the owner or, or the warehouse person to ferry stuff out to a, a job site if it need if they need additional product, and then uh, a forklift for unloading trucks, and really that's I mean you know the install tools that you need are right. you know probably ten to fifteen thousand dollars along with some miscellaneous shop stuff, so. Not a not a huge requirement. Um, I think our our initial investment, Pete, is what about 175k on the low yeah. end.
2: Yeah, that's that's mid range. Uh, uh, early entry is at, at 130, and uh, the high end is at 210. But uh, as you mentioned, Zach, uh, depending on that initial inventory investment, that that'll really uh, you know that'll pay ben- dividends pretty quick.
1: Well, it sounds like the, like in home service, there, there there's some things It really is like, it could be like the owner and maybe one person, nothing wrong with starting a little smaller. You guys are kind of like home service plus, like we're not going crazy. Like we're, we're food service and a big retail location and 25 people and crazy, crazy inventory. But the, the, I mean, this is a robust business and, and, and Zach, as you threw out some of those, those revenue numbers per the FDD, like that's no joke right? Like your, these, your owners are able to build, I mean, and again, by no means is anything easy, right? People, let's just get that. <laughs> like it's, it's hard work, but this is something you can really grow a big business with. Correct.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Like at, at our, at our annual conference, um, geez, next week, right? It's next week, right? Pete? <laughs> so at our, at our annual conference right. next week, we're going to give out awards. Right. And, And our awards this year are are going to be revenue clubs, right? And so there's going to be a $20 million revenue club. There's going to be a $15 million revenue club, a $10 million revenue club, and a $5 million revenue club, right? Like you have to get to $5 million in revenue in order to get on the stage at the annual conference, right? Right. So yeah, it's a big business. They're big numbers, you know, really big numbers. And I'm super proud of of the franchisees and the support teams that we have in place to to be able to 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 get to the point where we can say like, hey, yeah, this is this is a great model, and like, look at the results, you know. Yep. So it's, but, but yeah, it is a, it is a complicated business. It's it is not something where. You can just, you know, be the one man band, you know, playing the drums and the harmonica and you know. Right. Right. That's not how it works.
1: And I think that's the beauty of franchising, right? Is that there's there's not a one size fits all, right? So some people like the, the smaller maybe one you know owner plus owner plus one and and that and that that hits their goals that's awesome. This is something a little bit this isn't simple. It's a more complex, more robust, and able to really have a little bit of a team, some stuff, a place, and and build build a huge thing. So, right. um, you, Zach, you kind of went down this this path a second ago. We kind of mentioned it because I wanted to touch on support and. From from superior number one, but also from from empower. And I know you guys could go for like the next hour talking about all of the things from a support mechanism and standpoint to help your franchise owners. But hit hit a couple highlights that you think really kind of stand out for you and the ways that you're able to help your owners succeed.
0: Well, I, I mean, you know, I I think that marketing support is has got to be one of our sort of, you know. I don't want to say our hidden strengths, but look, you can't just we're not like Chick-fil-A where everybody knows us and then they see there's a Chick-fil-A going up and like there's a line around the street the next day. It's not right. you know what I mean? Right. So I I think that the marketing is has um been a been a a critical piece of the pie, right? And we're we've been super duper focused on direct lead gen for our for our owners. We're transitioning uh to a point where we're able to start focusing like higher up on the funnel, but I mean, we've poured a ton of resources, all of our energy into the, the the lower part of the funnel, like just trying to catch people as they're looking for fences, right. And then funnel them to the franchisees and, and let them take it from there. So the marketing support's been awesome. Um, I do think that, um, we have good education systems, so it's, it's a lot for these franchisees to, to learn in the first couple months it's, you know, it's the whole cliche of drinking from a fire hose, but no, really, it's like drinking from a fire hose. Um, they, they you know, when I talk to them six, nine, 12 months down the road, they're like, it's amazing how much I've learned in such a short period of time about fencing. And, you know, it's one thing to see the fences all around you, but then to learn all of the things about all the fences all around you and how they're constructed and you know, what are, what are good, what, what types of lumber are out there? What grades of lumber, you know, all of the different components and all the things okay. that they learn about it, all the different construction techniques. So we have uh really good support for training um, and ongoing training. Um, you know, and then I, I think we're just, you know, there in, in really unique ways for our franchisees. Um, like, I'll open up my calendar every single month for the franchisees to do sort of a high level look at their business with me, right? I I, I, I model it after a um, fractional CFO that I, I used for a number of years in my own business here in Jacksonville. Um, and so we'll take a high level look at, at their business. We'll look at the numbers. We'll look at their close rates. We'll, we typically go back 90 days and kind of look at everything. And we look at everything quali- quantitatively, and then I say, "Okay, now tell me what's what's really going on," or we'll start with the qualitative size of the business, and you know, the, they'll get advice on you know issues that they're having in any aspect of the business. So I think that that's been really valuable, and and one of the uh, things that I've seen some of our more successful operators do like is is to continue to use that along with all of the resources that they have. So. Um, and here lately, our support team has grown to be, you know, I think one of the best support teams around. Um, we have uh, four franchise consultants supporting all of our um, uh, franchisees generally, right? And then we have um, some some uh, very um, specific support areas that we help with, like uh, purchasing and HR uh, slash you know, training slash, uh, we have somebody who's just focused on the operational sort of back office operations. Cause we have a lot of people who are in like heavy growth mode right now. I mean, we've opened right. up 70, 60 or 70 franchises over the past two years. So those people are in high growth mode. You know, they're bringing on new team members all the time. So we're, we're, you know, kind of standing there helping them in any way that we can, you know? Yeah,
1: no, I love it. Um, Pete, you're when somebody comes in and thinks about looking at Superior Fence and Rail as a possible franchise opportunity, you're going to be one of the people talking to them. What's maybe a, a question or almost like quote concern somebody's going to go, yeah, this seems good, but like what's what's that what's that common thing they like they think is the big got gotcha, you, um, and then turns out to really not be.
2: Yeah, it's a, Zach touched on it a little while ago, Tim. Great question. Um, the support team, it's such a such a quick to scale business and it ramps, uh, the ramp is, is dramatic and uh, it's built to be dramatic. Let me say that. Right. And to have that infrastructure, sometimes I get questions on, do we really need a warehouse person. Can I farm, the mo- really common question, can I farm out the phone? Uh, to the to to somebody overseas <laughs> nothing replaces the person in your community answering the phone on the first or second ring so sometimes we get questions on that that first three months you know the business is just starting do I have to pay people why do I have to pay people for three months and it's really not because you need them there on month four five six seven eight nine ten yeah. um and you know as as Zach mentioned it's not it's not promise it's not uh, it's not easy, but you've got to have those people in place and be ready for it.
1: Yeah. I always think that the two biggest places owners make mistakes, especially early, it's all about following the plan, but they, they get cheap. They either get cheap on hiring people, right? Do I really need that person? Or they get cheap on marketing and then they're going to complain that the, the you know they're not getting as much I mean, it's It sounds so silly. And then as you guys well know, you get owners in there well, maybe I'll spend a little more marketing down the road, or maybe I'll hire that person that like, uh, uh, like follow the dang plan.
2: So, yeah. And it's an event that marketing, you know, very often people classify that very quickly as an expense and, and not foresee it as an, it's a, it's an investment. Yeah, absolutely. Right.
1: Um, super cool. Um, last thing I'll throw at you guys, um, and, um, if you both want to take a stab at it, Zach, Pete, whatever, um, is there anything else? And I know there's a ton of things, but we were going to pick one other thing. Well, I really want to make sure everybody knows this about superior fence and rail. What would that be that you want to throw at us?
2: A lot of, uh, a lot of franchisors will, uh, will claim that they're, they franchisee first. Um, it is franchisee first is in our, is our, is one of our top values champion. The success of franchisees is, is in power. And then, from the outside from coming from the outside and being with a franchisor and then working with with zach um he eats and breathes franchisee success he, it, it, all of his priorities are in line with the franchisee first he's he has a bit bu- he has a business he's very close to the ground i, I listened to him on the p l calls he's uh extremely succinct um and is able to, to dissect someone's business in, in a matter of minutes after pulling up a and and has all of their best interests in mind every day. It's been, it's, it's, uh, you know, Zach's a, a mentor for me from a franchisee focus. But if 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 you're looking for differentiation, um, the support and the focus from a franchisor, but also from the brand president, are are extremely important to the success.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I'll echo what Pete said, you know, early on, uh, with one of our earliest franchisees, uh, one of my, one of my, actually my West Point classmates, uh, came to us and, and bought the, the Palm beach territory. Right. And, um, uh, and Eric came from a background of, uh, medical sales. I forget. I'll kill me for saying this, but I always forget <laughs> if it's medical device or, pharmaceutical. I think it was device sales. But, it, you know, I don't know if you know anything about that industry, but it's super duper cutthroat. It's very lucrative. Like he was making great money, but, um, but he, he had this mentality when he, when, when I first met him or when I, you know, not when I first met him, I, I played rugby with him in school, but you know, when we, when we re- reconnected after so many years of being apart, uh, he had this mentality that like everybody was out to get him. And I'm like, you know, hey man, I'm not out to get to you. I'm, I'm here to help you succeed right. and all that stuff. And I, and within within a couple of months, we were on a call and he was like, dude, he's like, I don't think anybody cares about, I, he's like, I think you care about more about my money than I do. <laughs> you know, he's like, you, you're you like telling me like, don't spend this money. Like, why are you doing this? Like, you know, so, you know, I would agree with what Pete said that we, we really, you know, Walk the walk when it comes to to looking out for our franchisees, and to 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 a to a fault, you know, I took a personality assessment. Um, it was like a three sixty degree evaluation, you know, kind of one of those right. things. Yeah, and and uh, and one of the, like I got criticized over and over and over again by all these people, and, and I was actually kind of surprised by how how candid the remarks were, right? I was like, Oh God, that's what people think. But one of the things I got criticized for is like, you know, looking out for my own team above like pretty much all else, you know? And, and I was like, well, I mean, I guess that's just kind of how it is. You know, I'm going to look out for my team uh, and I consider the franchisees to be part of my team. You know, I take it very seriously. I used to lose a lot of sleep every time we'd go into a new market. I would, you know, just have so much anxiety over whether or not, you know, it was going to work out for these folks. Cause I, I used to be sitting in, when we first got started, I sat in Pete's chair and did the Frandev myself with every single person that came through. I'd nurtured them all the way f- from when they sent their initial email or phone call in about, you know, Hey, I'd like to learn more about the franchise concept all the way through. I was signing their documents for them. I was preparing the documents for signature and sending it out to them. And then immediately starting them through the onboarding process. So I got to know like our first probably 40 or 50 franchisees very well, because we would spend a lot of time each week talking about it. Right. Uh, and I just, so I, I, I care greatly about their success and it's, you know, it, it, it's sort of like one of those things you, you, you believe it, when, you know, when you see it. But that, that, I think that's what uh, I think that's what our franchisees would say is like, they they know that we're committed to their success and we'll, we'll we do a lot. It's, you know, but for some of them, it's never enough. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I read a, one of our social uh, forums that we have a Facebook page for our franchisees, just a place where they can kind of communicate and share ideas and I heard somebody griping about, oh, I wish the franchise would do this, and I'm like, all right, it's never enough. That's that's humbling because <laughs> it's never enough. No matter like the no matter how crazy the numbers are, like what we've done. I mean, we've almost quad. We're we're on track to quadruple in size from t- from the end of where we ended 2021, right? Like that's probably we'll get really close to that this year. And I still have people telling me like, hey, it's it could be better. And I'm like, all right, well, good. I I I'll take that and we'll make it better. Yeah.
1: Right, yeah, <laughs> I, which is I'll like try. somewhere, somewhere in there. There's, there's a growth mindset of like, hey, we like, how do we get better? Like, right, um, right from that standpoint, and and the the beauty for for you guys also being part of Empower is, um, you know, and and Pete, you said this. Just my experience with them overall, like, it it's it's not they're not blowing smoke. It's genuinely like, how do we help you be successful? And really even being picky on that process of making sure that you're bringing the right people on board. And we all know there are franchise systems and franchisors out there that, that don't, um, not mean you can't still be successful in there, but it is a heck of a lot more on your own than it's going to be when you come in, when you come in with you guys.
0: When I came on with empower, everything rested like right here on my shoulders. I, I, I think I grew two inches after I came on board with empower because all of that weight was lifted off my shoulders. Now it doesn't mean that I can just completely ignore accounting and legal and IT and all that stuff. I still have to stay involved with it and close to it, but it's not my responsibility anymore. It doesn't just like rest entirely on my shoulders and it's and it's I think that you know I, you know this is the part where I think I might take it for granted, right? That I have that whole team behind me that I've got somebody managing Pete and his efforts in Frandev so that I don't have to, you know, be on top of all those numbers at any given time. Um, you know, I I take it for granted a lot that I have that support team behind me, but I, you know, anytime I really want to question like, Oh, should we have, should we have divested? Should we have sold the business? Should, you know, should we have done what we did? I, I don't have to think about it for too long to realize that what, what I've got, behind me that allows me to just focus entirely on the success of our franchisees to to focus entirely on what obstacles are in their way like you know it it doesn't take me long to figure out like okay i i wouldn't be where i was without without power brands behind us it's it's been a phenomenal experience and for those who are you know for those folks out there who are wondering you know what the grass on on this side of the fence looks like it really truly is greener it, it really is so exactly
1: so um so and and if it's not green and guess what empower's got a brand that'll make the grass green so you got, right. got, got we got that so super cool guys thank you so much for uh, for coming on today and talking to us about superior fence and rail okay awesome thanks hey, Dave. appreciate you And as always, thanks to also our loyal podcast followers and listeners. Um, We hope the Franchising 101 Podcast continues to provide insight into the amazing possibilities that are out there. Um, When you are ready to schedule a call, and why wouldn't you be? Let's go already. Just remember there's never any fee for our service, so really what the heck are you waiting for? FranCoach.net is our website, Franchising101Podcast.net. Again, everything with us is .net going to lead you straight to me and then the rest of our team. Um, so please reach out today. Let us help you create your batter tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk with you next week.